BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. It's really just me today. We're trying something new for, you know, every so often seeing if it would be entertaining or interesting, hopefully both, if I just recorded a podcast alone. It's kind of weird. Like, I just feel weird about it, but hopefully you guys will like it. We do a lot of this on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Acme. If you do like this and you want to hear more things like this or just like tell me, like slide into my DMs. But as you know, hopefully, I'm Lindsay, your host. And today we're going to talk about a few different things that have come up recently. The first thing is people are asking me all the time if I will talk about friends with benefits and do a podcast on having a friend with benefits. So, I mean, I'll tell you first and foremost, it's the best thing that you can do. As a woman, like I, you know, I knew that the friend with benefits that I had back when I had one, you know, a few years back, I knew that it had to be someone that, no disrespect if you're listening, but who like was not someone that I was prepared to like actually date and have very strong feelings for. And I think, you know, again, as a woman, I I can't speak for men, but the best friend with benefits for me was someone who obviously was really attractive and is younger. And the reason I say younger is because controversial, but women and men like do not mature on the same level And I really wanted someone who I not couldn't take seriously, but couldn't take seriously as a serious partner. And I felt like that the way to find someone like that was to go for someone a few years younger than me, because when you're, you know, 25, it's a big difference between, you know, 25 and 28 or 25 and 27 even. And like a 25-year-old guy is not thinking about, for the most part, like, I want to get married. They're thinking, I want to have fun. Like, I'm in the prime of my life. So for that reason, I was like, I got to go for a younger person. I think also you should, you know, again, this is only speaking as a woman. I don't know how men look at it. 
but you should go for someone who you can like talk to and who you can have a mutual level of respect with. I always like, you know, I, I would start dating people more seriously when I was still always seeing my friend with benefits, but I would always be extremely transparent about it. Like, okay, you know, I'm dating this person now, whatever it is. And the more honest you are in your friends with benefits ship, the more, like the easier it is to not go back to that person, but have an, a continuous relationship with that person for when you're not in a more serious relationship with someone else. And I think that's super important because dating is so trial and error. We never know if it's going to work out or if it's not. And to have someone that you can fall back on is really nice. And especially if it's someone who you've created like and cultivated a friendship with, which is kind of the goal of a friends with benefits. I, w I wouldn't say it's like, you know, one person always gets feelings. And I still don't know to this day if the person I had a friends with benefits thing, you know, really had strong feelings. But whichever one starts to say like, oh, we should go on real dates and things like that. It's possible that they are feeling the feels. And I think when something like that does happen, it kind of, it does affect the sex itself because then you feel like one person is expecting more from that. But it also, it's helpful to have a friends with benefits because it, it is a perfect reflection when you do meet the person that you want to be with seriously. You know, if you can continue to sleep with the friends with benefits person, then I don't think the person that you've met is that important to you or like that special for you. But if you can't, like if you're all of a sudden unable to sleep with the person that you've been sleeping with, then it's a good sign. Then it means that, you know, you really, you like that person. And again, be very open with the person you're sleeping with as a friend with benefit and tell them like, listen, I'm starting to see someone more seriously. So this is, you know, inappropriate, whatever it is. But bottom line, have respect for each other. And if you can't have respect for each other or if one person is feeling too many feels, then the friends with benefits relationship isn't working out for, for one of you. So just be, be mindful of that. Another person asked me to talk about having a higher sex drive than your partner. You know, I think it's it's really hard. I've always heard you never end up with the person that you have your best sex with. And I didn't I was always like that's so unfair, blah blah blah. But and and maybe that's not even true, but I think that what that statement really is supposed to say is you never end up with someone who has the same sex drive as you. You might have really good sex when you do have it. But a lot of the times, I mean, all humans are so different. Like we're not going to have the exact same drive and, and need as our partner all the time. There are so many times, you know, in my relationship where I want to have sex and my partner's not feeling the mood. And actually, I, I would say vice versa, but I feel like I always am down. But, you know, it's like you can't you can't measure the same sex drive. And, and if you do have the same sex drive as your partner, I feel like 
oftentimes other parts of the relationship could maybe fall flat if that's like, you know, your main thing is like, oh, we have the same sex drive and that's why we're together. There's so many other reasons that you should be with someone. So I feel like if your sex drives don't match, like that's more than okay. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this solo episode. It's kind of scary, but again, hopefully you like it. I am interrupting to tell you about my favorite website app. It's called Audible, if you haven't already heard about it. If you're an Amazon Prime member, for a limited time, you can start an Audible membership and save 66% on your first three months, which is a total of $30 off. And you'll pay just $4.95 a month for the first three months. So you should really check it out. The offer is valid through July 31st. So get on that ASAP. I love reading, as you guys know. I also love listening to books. I was obsessed with Becoming by Michelle Obama. She read it to me personally on Audible. And I'm just like a huge, huge fan. And I want to share it with you guys. It's a perfect sidekick for summer activities like hiking, sunbathing, picnics, road trips, downtime, outdoors, and just like everything. Audible is just there for you. And you can listen to the best books and and it's really, really fun. So go to audible.com slash Acme or text Acme, A-C-M-E, to 500-500 to get started. I really, really think you guys will love it. So again, go to audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Acme or text Acme to 500-500. And again, I would start with Becoming by Michelle Obama, but it's totally up to you. And whatever floats your boat, I'm sure there are lots of good dating books out there as well. So check out the audiobooks that Audible has to offer and hope you're enjoying the episode. Okay, bye. Okay, so we just talked about Friends with Benefits and Sex Drive, which I feel like was really necessary to discuss. And then I paused and my friend Alyssa came over who was helping me organize my closet. So if you hear if you hear any noises, that's what that is. And make sure you follow her on Instagram at Organized Prioritize. But we're going to get back into it. I During the pause, I asked you guys what I should be talking about on this solo podcast. And you gave me a lot of really good topics. So I'm going to just go through them. The first one was what I've learned about myself through dating and or relationships slash career. We'll break it down. What I've learned about myself through dating is a great question. I I have learned a shit ton. I look back and it's crazy how right my therapist was and how like unwilling I was to see that what she was saying was true, which was that the guys that I was dating before I met my now boyfriend were like really people that were only willing to dip a toe into the relationship, which more or less means like weren't really committed and like they made that clear, but I couldn't see it for some reason. And now I look back and even on my ex right before Max, who's my boyfriend now, like I just 
I could not see for some reason that he just wasn't interested and he was not in it for the long run. And sometimes like I, I see the text I wrote to him and I cringe because I'm like, how could I have like, like he broke up with me and I still was trying to be friends. Like I don't, if any, if any of you guys texted me and you were like, yeah, so I just got dumped. But like, I think if I'm his friend, maybe like he'll like me. I would be like, are you kidding me? So I think that I just see it so clearly. Maybe it's a result of being with someone who genuinely cares about me and and wants to be with me. Or maybe it's just age or maturity. Or maybe it's because I've learned so much from you guys. I don't know. But I've, I've definitely learned, you know, that I need to be with someone who completely and totally loves and appreciates what I have to offer and is looking for what I have. And I've learned that, you know, I'm a lot like whoever out there listening that thinks they're a lot like this is, you know, hopefully you can relate to this. Like I'm not a walk in the park. I have a lot of different sides to me and like complexities And I need to be with someone who has like a very big bandwidth to to handle, you know, a woman who or man who, but in my case, woman who just like, you know, has a lot of different parts of her. And I've also learned that I don't really, you know, open up that much and I'm not I'm not super vulnerable, which is ironic considering I have a dating podcast where I talk about dating openly in my personal dating situation, like in my relationship, my partner has told me I'm actually not the most vulnerable. And I, and I believe that that's true because I, I feel this weird need to like be strong for my partner. I don't know where it came from. Maybe it has to do with how I was raised, but I don't like, it's not my first instinct to go to my partner if something bad has happened and say like, you know, this bad thing happened or like I didn't get that gig or whatever it is. Instead, I just kind of like figure it out on my own and then and then tell him when something good does happen. But I'm learning that it's really important for me to share the good and the bad and and like the vulnerable especially. And so the other day we had, you know, our show at Bowery Ballroom and a few people were mad that they had to wait, which was something totally beyond my control. And again, I'm so, so sorry about it. But a few people were messaging me and saying like, I want my money back. Like, this is ridiculous. And it really hurt my feelings because we put so much effort into that show. My whole team was behind it. You know, we can't control when a guest shows up when we've told them a specific time. And like I'm helpless in that situation. And I was really hurt by that, by the people who reached out. And and I shared that with my boyfriend and he was able to comfort me, which was really nice. Switching gears a little bit, the next topic someone wanted me to talk about was college and funny stories. I feel like I have endless funny stories from college. I had the best college experience at Boston University. I had the best friends. I still have the best college friends ever. And... I did things in college that I would never do in real life. I had this like weird fixation in college where I really liked taking guys who like couldn't get over situations or, 
even guys who might have been in relationships at the time and making them like get over their their relationship or their ex and and like be into me. It was like this weird conquest thing. But before before I got into that, we'll start from freshman year. I got to college. I had been in a three-year high school sweetheart relationship situation. We got to college. We, you know, very intelligently thought that it was somehow going to be okay. We were going to make it. I think we like dabbled on the idea of an open relationship, but we had no idea what we were doing. And actually going along with the um, poll open question that I asked you about like worst cheating stories, I definitely suffered one of those when... So Facebook was the thing back then. No one had Instagram, but on Facebook, people were putting up like their first few weeks of college photos And my boyfriend at the time was tagged in photos with a girl who, I mean, you, you date someone for three years, you know them like the back of your hand, like you just, you know them so well. So I saw this one girl in a photo with him and I was like, they're hooking up. Like I didn't even have to question it for a second. I just knew based on what she looked like and how she dressed and what he likes, knowing what he likes that they were hooking up. And so I had that in my head. I just like, I couldn't prove it, but they were in all these photos all the time. And like I was, I was in photos, but with all different kinds of people. Cause it's freshman year, first few weeks, you're meeting a million people. And so I start, you know, I asked him, like, I was like, who, you know, are, are you meeting at school? Who are the people in your photos? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh yeah, they're all my new friends. And meanwhile, back in my dorm, I had pictures of us on the wall. It was like, I was very loyal, I, but I couldn't prove that he was doing anything. I mean, I had no, like, I had no, what is it called? Like a mole when you have someone on the inside. Like I didn't have anyone at where he was at school to find out. I had like peripheral people that if I wanted to be really psycho, I could ask, but I didn't really have anyone. So then I just started like doing my thing and I was being loyal, but I also at the same time, I was new to college. I was flirting a bit with this guy who was a sophomore, which was like so much older at the time. And anyway, eventually like my boyfriend and I were an hour and a half apart where we went to college. So he would come visit me some weekends and he he never really wanted me to go visit him, which looking back, huge red flag. But at the time, I was like, whatever. It's probably because I don't have a car. And like, I mean, he didn't have a car either. But again, we we lie to ourselves. So finally, one time when he was visiting me, you know, I asked again about the girl. I was like, are you guys hooking up? Or are you, you know, have you hooked up with anyone? And he's like, no. And then I was like, fuck it. I asked like a peripheral friend. Like it was like a friend of a friend's friend. And I was like, what's the deal with this girl? And they were like, oh, her and his name was Evan. Shout out. She was like, her and Evan are hooking up. And I was like, oh my God, I fucking knew it. My heart was broken. I broke up with him. It was so dramatic. He was like so upset, which is just a mind fuck because like you did this to yourself. He drove to... Boston, or I don't know why I keep saying he drove. He came to Boston. I, he definitely didn't have a car, but he came to Boston. He tried to apologize to me. We got a hotel room because I had a dorm. Like I was living in a dorm at the time. My roommate 
and I were not really friends then. Shout out, Jerry. We like became friends eventually. Actually, she's going to be in my upcoming panel in Boston on September 24th, but we weren't friends then. And, you know, it's not really fun to have your boyfriend come visit you and be living in very close quarters with a roommate. So we got a hotel room and we we were basically breaking up. It was really sad. I told him like it was over. I think I, I like when I'm emotional about something, I'm so good at compartmentalizing it. And it's probably my Capricorn moon. Like I can just put it to the side and not feel it for some reason. It's kind of weird. And so I like put it to the side and I was like, we're breaking up. Like, should we just like have sex one more time or something like dark? And I think we like, we're trying to have sex and it was just so weird and sad. And I ended up kicking him out of the room and he like had nothing to write and he must have like found a Bible or something. And he wrote me this like 10 page like love letter begging for me back on a Bible, like literally on Bible sheets and ripped them out this poor Bible and gave me them like under the door because I locked him out and it was this really dramatic thing. And I have to say, college is the best place you can be when you're going through a breakup because I went back to school and I like gathered everyone in the dining room of West Campus in Boston University. And I read this love letter from the Bible. I'm so sorry, Evan. Um, no disrespect to you, but I, I had to make light of it. Like otherwise, I would just be so sad. And I read this letter, and we were all laughing hysterically at like the drama. And it was just, it was the best moment. Like I remember it so vividly now. And and it was such a good bonding experience for like the new, the new friends that I was making because everyone had just gone through this. Like, everyone had a high school person that they were, you know, breaking up with or getting hurt by. I remember my friend Brittany had a really similar situation and it brought us closer. My friend Fallon had a very similar situation, except she was like the, the Evan in the situation. Um, and had like moved on quickly. And we just, it it was just amazing. So that was like a, the bulk of my freshman year. And then, oh my God, there's so many stories. Like I feel like I'm going to have to cut myself off soon. But then I started dating that sophomore who I had flirted with early on because I was like finally single. But by the way, the breakup was really tough. Like I would cry in the shower. I seemed like I was fine, but I would just, I was really, really sad. Like it was your first love, your first heartbreak. It took me a long time to get over that. But because I was so emotionally unavailable, it was so easy for me to just like date whoever. And I started dating the sophomore who was from Alaska and I'd never met anyone from Alaska. He was super cute. And we were hooking up and then... All of a sudden, we're going through, this is second semester of freshman year, we're going through sorority rush. And like right before this happens, this girl reaches out to me. Like, I don't even know her. And she's like, you have been, I wish I could pull up the email. I wonder if I still have it. But she was like, you have been seeing my boyfriend. Like, this is my person. Like, we've gone on two honeymoons together. Like, I can't believe you would do this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Apparently the sophomore that I had been flirting with had a girlfriend and it was completely news to me. Like I had no idea at all. 
and it was kind of nuts. Like I, I was in, oh, I just found, I just found the letter. I just found the letter. Oh my God. Okay. So she said, Hey, so this is awkward. I know about you and blank. I'm not mad at you or anything. It was his choice and he is single. So you didn't do anything wrong. I guess they, they might've been like on and off. I don't know. She said, but the thing is he has been trying to get back together with me for the past week. I really need to know what happened. This is, this is September. So I guess it was the beginning of school, not second semester, but it was September, 2008, which is a long fucking time ago. She said, I really need to know what happened between you two. He didn't want to tell me details because he doesn't want to hurt our chances of working things out. But I need to know if this was happening to you, you would want to know too. She goes, how many times did you hook up and how far did you go? I know this is weird, but I have to know. And you would help me so much if you could just tell me the truth. I'm sorry that you're in the middle of this. I'm sorry. I won't say anything else about it to you if you just answer me truthfully. Anyway, I was really nice. I like totally am a girl's girl, whatever. And gave her all the juice. Like you don't even want to know. But then second semester comes up when you're sorority rushing and she blacklists me from her sorority because of that. She totally acted like she was going to be so nice and she blacklisted me from her sorority. And it was like the sorority all my best friends were in. And it really hurt my feelings, but everything happens for a reason. And I rushed a different sorority and have the best friends from that one to this day. And But fun fact, this girl who wrote this to me, um, who was dating that, so- that sophomore at the time, she ended up becoming Miss USA. And I'm not going to say anything else about her, but like you can do research and try to figure it out. Anyway, moving on. So then there was sophomore year. I dated a guy from Northeastern and that was interesting. And then junior year, I dated a senior um, and I felt really cool about it because like, you know how it is at school. And he was Spanish and uh, British. And I thought that was a cool combo. And then senior year, and this is really the, the end of the college funny stories. I didn't want a relationship at all. So what better way to make sure you don't get in a relationship than to date someone who's in one themselves? I dated a sophomore when I was a senior who had a girlfriend at a different school, like miles and miles and miles away. And the way that I justified it was that he had cheated on her before, like so many times all throughout college, that it wasn't like I was like the bad person. You know what I mean? It was like this, he already made his bed and I was just like helping him lie in it. But naturally like that didn't, that turned into something more as like everything does. And I dated him a little too long. I graduated and was still dating him. And then he went abroad his junior year and he was doing the same, literally it was like history repeated itself. He was doing the same thing that happened to me freshman year. He was quote unquote, best friends with a girl, but he was dating her and it was a disaster. I went to go visit him and I found out and I kicked him out of their hotel room. It's like, it's like history kept repeating itself. So, um, after that I was like, I'm never dating anyone who's in a relationship. 
And I learned a lot. Like I learned all the red flags because I, I didn't care until, until I cared. So moving on from college, funny stories. Oh, one more funny story from college. Almost got arrested one night. The guy, the sophomore that I was dating would drive out to like the clubs and the bars in Boston, which I don't know why he would do, but we were driving back from a Wednesday night out, which is like so typical college. And we, the police like start following the car because we're speeding or he's speeding. And there's like six of us in the car. And instead of pulling over, this guy that I'm dating starts to speed more and like goes, cause we're kind of close to where we live, this place, Dexter Park. And he drives really close, really fast to Dexter Park. And everyone gets out of the car and runs upstairs but it was such like a hustle that everyone was like forgetting shit in the car. And then one of the, one of our friends was running and he fell and he tore his ACL or maybe it was his Achilles, but one of them really bad. I think it was his ACL. He fell like as he was running and everyone else ran and like left him, but I didn't leave him. I couldn't, I, I felt so bad that he fell and he was in so much pain. So I went and I stopped with him and then the police found us and they questioned us and they asked what our names were. And I lied about my name. I said my name is Lindsay Katz, which I'm pretty sure was someone in my sorority. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I was drunk, which was fine because I wasn't driving and I was 21. So I was like, you know, cops need to leave me alone. Anyway, then they asked my social security number. I couldn't lie about that. So I gave them it and they were like, well, your name isn't Lindsay Katz. And I was like, right. Anyway, they let me off, but then I, but then they were like looking for me for obstruction of justice. And, and like, this was after I had already graduated. I got a call from the police and I thought it was a prank call. And I was with all my friends in my living room at home. It was in the summer after, after graduating. And I put it on speaker because I was like, look, this is about to be a prank call. And it was the cops and they were like, are you Lindsay Metzlar? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we like have been looking for you. We've sent you millions of letters. Like you need to come to Boston and go to court. Otherwise you're going to jail. And I was like, oh my God. And that is why you don't date a sophomore with a girlfriend. But anyway, moving forward. And luckily I didn't go to jail. Relationship tips. I would say... Okay, when to end a relationship. I mean, you have to end a relationship when it's not serving you anymore. I think after I went through all of that stuff in college and whatnot, um, when I was like 24, 25, I, I dated someone who really, really genuinely liked me and was a good person. And I really wanted the relationship to work so badly because they were a good person and because they genuinely liked me. But that's not a reason to be in a relationship. You have to be in a relationship because... It is making you a better person. It is bringing joy into your life. It's challenging you and X, Y, and Z. And I think I let that relationship go on a little too long for the simple fact that it was a good guy and he liked me. And those are not, and if those are the two reasons that you're still in your relationship, you should end it right now. How to get through arguments. That's a good one. Mm, I think you know, in a, in a good relationship, you kind of have to laugh at the, towards the end of your arguments and just like not take yourself too seriously or do something distracting. You know, if you're, if you're like, for example, last night, my boyfriend and I were walking to 
we're going to see Toy Story 4. And we had had a little tiff before because, you know, we're getting all these invitations to weddings. We're 28 and like everyone's getting married and a lot of them are destination. And he didn't want to go to one of the upcoming weddings. And he was like, I'm not going to go, by the way. And he decided to drop that bomb on me right before we left for the movie. And I was like in such a bad mood because it's like we're having a nice night. We're going to see Toy Story. And you have to be like, by the way, I'm not going to this wedding. Okay, let's go to the movie. And it's like, I don't want to know that right now. And I think like being in the movie and just like focusing on the movie and not like our dumb fight um, and laughing. And it was pretty funny, not going to lie. Like that just got our minds off of the dumb fight that we were having. So I think that was super beneficial and just like do something distracting, give yourself a moment, like take a deep breath, try to laugh about it, ask yourself if you'll be mad about this in a week and then like get through it, you know? And if you, if you're with someone that holds on to arguments for days and like kind of throws them back in your face, then move on from that person. Cause I've been with that person and they suck dick. Um, relationship with myself. I have a really good relationship with myself, but it was a long time coming. Like I thought I was invincible when I would say up until I was like 20, 23, 24, 25. And that's when I started to really work on myself um, and look in the mirror and say like, okay, I have issues and I mean, everyone has issues, but I was like, I have issues that I think would benefit from therapy. And people in my life had suggested it before, but just like therapy, just like stopping, you know, drinking or doing a drug, like it has to come from you. And I finally was like, I want to try therapy. I want to see what it's like. And I went to go see a therapist and it's been the best thing that could ever happen to my relationship with myself. I really have to say like it, it made me just reflect on what my blind spots are and what I've done in my life that, you know, isn't so good, what I am doing that is good and should keep working on. And it's just really, it's really good for your relationships, your personal relationships with your family, with a partner, with your friends. It's just like, it makes it so clear to you when you can have a mirror basically on yourself, what you need to work on, what you can do better. Um, and I think self-care is is really important. For, some, for everyone, self-care is different. For me, as someone who likes to work really hard, my form of self-care is like being alone and working or just like, I don't know. I actually really like, like you guys are going to think I'm crazy, especially because I have a food Instagram called don't expect salads. But my form of self-care is when like I'm at home alone and like I eat cook, like I make a healthy dinner. I probably have an unhealthy dessert, but that's not the point. Like I just bought a spiralizer. I've been making an amazing zoodle dish, like not even kidding. And I make Turkey meatballs, which Alyssa, who's here, can tell you are really good. And you just need to like have a have a restart. Like I I feel like I'm in between an introvert and an extrovert, meaning like I do really get energy from being alone a lot of the time. So just like being alone, restarting. I 
I always, always was afraid of going to workout classes. In fact, like my form of self-care for so long was like smoking weed or like drinking. I was like, oh, I'm caring about myself because like I'm getting fucked up. But like that wasn't self-care. Self-care is like going to a workout class, feeling good because they didn't pick on me and say like, oh, you have to move your leg this way instead. And just like waking up early. I mean, I'm getting old. So like this stuff is really, you know, exciting for me. I actually went to an SLT class on the 4th of July and I won a free glam squad thing. And I was like, you know what? This is fucking amazing. Like this would never have happened to me when I was 23 or even 25 and like sitting on my couch, smoking weed, being like workout classes are awkward and I hate them. So just like changing your mindset is, is so so helpful. And I feel like, you know, when I think about how I was in my early 20s, like I wouldn't have wanted to date myself. And now I feel like I would want to date myself. And that sounds silly, but I feel like that's really, that's like a milestone of being good to yourself, of self-care. And lastly, someone, okay, I guess there are two. One person asked about being exclusive versus being in a relationship. I think exclusivity is like an immature thing. I think if you ask someone to like not hook up with anyone except for you, then that's just like an ownership thing versus being in a relationship, asking someone like, hi, I want to put myself, I want to put you before myself. Like I genuinely care about you enough to like care about your needs and think about you before I do things versus like I'm, I can't handle seeing you hooking up with someone else. They're two totally different things and I feel like it's important to be able to distinguish those. And then someone asked about being confident as a single female in your late 20s, early 30s. I think it's so easy to get swept up into the whole like, I should be married and everyone's getting married and blah, blah, blah. But like, you have no idea what's going on in those relationships. Going back to like a relationship with yourself, if you have a good relationship with yourself, like that is where confidence comes from. Like confidence self-esteem comes from esteemable acts. And like, if you're doing esteemable stuff every day by like having an awesome career and being a really good friend and, and like an active participant in your family, then that's so important and way bigger and better and cooler than getting married. Like everyone, you know, if you're meant to get married, you will get married eventually, you know, but I think to enjoy yourself before someone tries to put a label on you is the the best thing that you can do for yourself in your late 20s, early 30s. Like even if you are in a relationship, I think like to not be afraid of what happens if that relationship doesn't result in marriage is the best feeling. And to know like I'm going to be okay no matter what because like I have so much to offer. Um, and if you don't feel like you have so much to offer and if you don't feel like you're going to be okay, then you need to go back to like, what am I doing with my life? Do I have a passion? Am I being kind and showing up for people and my friends? Like, am I of service to someone or something, you know, as often as I can be? And if you're not, then again, it goes back to doing like esteemable acts. So I really hope this was helpful for you guys. I had fun, but I'm just literally talking to myself. So I'm excited to hear feedback on if, you guys liked an episode like this and I guess that's a wrap. So thank you so much for listening. We have 
a bunch of upcoming shows. We've got LA August 7th at Dynasty Typewriter with an amazing crew. We've got Joe and Kendall from The Bachelor, Jasmine Robbins, Emma Willman. It's going to be lit AF. And we have a show in Boston, September 24th. So if you are a college student in Boston, if you're just a, an adult in Boston, no matter who you are, if you're in Boston, please come. It's going to be really great. We've got two awesome guys. We've got Eric Wessel and Colton Bradford from NBC. We've got my college freshman year roommate, Jerry Sternstein. We've got Kelly McFarland, a hilarious comedian. So come, and we also are announcing Philly soon. So go to wemetatacme.com slash tour for more information. Write a review if you liked this episode. Write a review if you didn't like this episode, but it will make me sad. And that is it. Thank you guys so much and hope everyone has a great day.